Hey, what's going on out there, guys? Welcome to another Addicted Fishing Podcast. couple announcements. We are ripping these things out right now. But big announcement, March 12th at 6.30, 7.30, 7 p.m., somewhere <laughs> in there. Fortunately, I got Marlon in the house. He's off mic. We got two special guests. You guys already recognize that laugh, probably. Uh, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> There he is, guys. But on March 12th, we have our spring drop. Lots of cool stuff. Cool flashers. Landing nets. The new landing net's going to be available. Limited quantities. I believe we got some apparel in there as well. So be sure to check that out, guys. I can't really show you because, well, it's a podcast. So it doesn't really work. But it will be available online after the Addicted Life episode on March 12th. Be sure to check it out. But March. March 12th. Why are we talking March? Because I got two... Very, very, very fishy Springer dudes in here, and we're going to talk a little predictions and a little ideas and kind of getting ready and formulating a plan for the season. Right. I got Mr. Patrick Gaffney from Gaffney's Guide Service, our bait guy, Harbor Herring, and 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 point defiance. I'm tired, dude. And I'm point tired. De, you know, he wanted, you know, he wanted to see if I knew. There's so many herring just, companies just, out just, there, but we just, prefer just, Harbor Herring and point, point Defiance, but I just wanted to make sure I got there. I always, all my labels say Harbor Herring because yeah. you sell bait into those. Yeah. I'm still waiting Harbor for herring. mine. I don't have any. You get the other brands. Oh, run Banjo Minnows oh, this year. <laughs> Ryan McCon, Riverside Guide Service. How's but it going, he doesn't get Harbor and does not get Harbor Herring. <laughs> so he gets a handicap this year so that's all right i'm yeah. used to that i'll still come back with a fire oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> what's your predictions when are you getting started what's going on every day i oh fish for springers right now oh okay so one's gonna grab your silly little steelhead bead has it happened yet you guys see uh, I seen one roll, and I know of one caught where I'm fishing, but um, some plunkers lower in the system. I heard of six caught yesterday, and wow, there's definitely some fish moving in. I think the temperature's coming up this week. We've had some real cold, icy conditions, um, snowing almost every day, and I think we're going to get a good push of fish when this temp comes up a little bit this week. we got 50 degrees coming, and I think you're going to see some more fish caught. For how cold it is, it does seem surprising how many fish are going to I know a couple that were caught in the lower river today, and then somebody, you, said. Yeah, yeah, I heard of two two hooked in the Columbia today, and uh, same thing, heard of a handful in the in the tributaries already. A friend of mine in uh, drift boat and got one the other day on a pink worm, surprisingly. No and, kidding. Yeah, and uh, a couple others, so starting starting to happen. For how many, so usually I always kind of like try to have a fish by like my wife's birthday, which is March 11th. Mm -hmm. I always, because, you know, if it's a nice weather day, we end up going fishing or whatever, but it does seem like for how cold the Columbia is being 38 and a half degrees, there are fish getting caught. Yeah. Like, and in a level, at least where you know there's some around, the conditions are good, the water's clear as clear as clear can be. Um, So, you know. You don't have to bonk one right, probably right on the head, but there are fish. Usually what happens in these real cold Columbia situations is they all kind of like lock jaw in the Columbia, and then they get up into the warmer waters, into the tributaries, into the channels. And get snapped. See a couple snap get caught. There, you yeah. start seeing it, but we're seeing them. Did you have your fish finder on today? I haven't turned mine on in like two weeks. I don't know what the no. water temp is where we were today. No. Um, last week when I had it, it was down to, uh, no, three days ago actually. It's 39 degrees in the tributaries. Um, so wow. it's about even, I know I just, I was out crab fishing uh, a few weeks ago and 
the ocean out in front of the mouth of the Columbia, it's like 45, 46. So there is a big, really? there's a big thermocline there, you know. Um, I actually saw, uh, not springers, but saw some steelhead out in the ocean at nighttime, hanging out under crab buoys and stuff. Nice. That kind of got me, got me jacked. Like, <laughs> is that like a thing? Do you see I, that often? I don't know. I've always heard that steelhead are very like, uh, you know, surface dwelling creatures. Not, yeah, not, yeah, they, not they get, swim yeah. like not five to, get, to ten feet below the surface right, most of their life. Right. And not to get off on a tangent, but you do hear about the guys out in like three thousand feet of water, like tuna fishing, catch you know occasionally a steelhead, like yeah. a tuna clone, yeah, yeah, on, yeah, a, yeah. on a fish trap. Right, right. But nonetheless, anyways, uh, it's yeah. There's a big thermal barrier out there. So for what we've been hearing is coming up the Columbia already and into tributaries. It's you can't help but be positive. It's right. It's better to smelt, hear about it than not. You know, all the smelt that are in the river that mm-hmm. happens every year. And that seems like that th- that's getting better and better every year. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. There was this, I mean, the smelt, like, so if you want to talk about like, you know, what ends up coming up in the spring is usually like, if you get a good big smelt run, you'll get the spring run. But what's crazy about that smelt this year is it came in early. It mm-hmm. lasted for weeks. Forever. And it's already gone. Yeah. It's like, and that's, Good because I think we've had there was a few years we've where, had years where they're just loaded and you're hooking them on your hooks trying to troll and it's just crazy and the, you know and the other thing that's a positive of that run ending is the sea lions that come in mass force chasing those those smelt are now gonna maybe be less pressure from them maybe mm. <laughs> one I could mean, hope. We, one could I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Trying to think positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is. I do remember a couple years ago, like even trolling like up in Woodland, when the smelt were going up. I mean, that was a year they made it all the way to the Sandy again, just barely. But there yeah. was so many dead smelt and live smelt swimming around the river. Like you had to fish pond spinners like in mid March to end of March because there was so many smelt, and oh, it was. Yeah. And even though you were getting a few bites, it was considerably tough yeah one that year i fished all the way up in like portland area and the smelt were so thick literally i'd be running cut plug herring and hooking them on my trailer hooks and it was just it was really annoying yeah but fortunately it seems like i haven't I mean i haven't heard anybody say anything but i know like some of the guys in the lower below the cowlets where most of the smelt were going this year even though some did get to the lewis that they're obviously hooking fish down there. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, no huge numbers, but it's de- if those things clear out, we get a little bit of a warm-up. What do you think? Honestly, it's more, I've heard of more fish caught in tributaries, and to me, that's positive. Early early well, fish are, I mean, big runs. Yeah. yeah. And there was already one that, I'm, I don't remember names or whatever, but there was already one that made the uh, Merwin Dammit on the Lewis like three days ago. Yeah. In fact, the Pacific Core guy. Um, My rule of thumb is always when that smelt run dies, those springers are right on their tail. Like when that mm-hmm. they die off, here they come. Dude, a little warm up. Yeah. What do you think of the snowpack? We got a lot of snow now, yeah. but it's not. I We've had, compared to last couple of years, we've had a much colder late winter, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be advantageous the way things are setting up for some possibly good early season fishing, but I, I do think we're going to struggle with cold water for quite a while. Um, just with, you know, there's been snowing every two days a week around here. It's been, 
super cold back east. You I, know. I had a half inch of snow in my boat this morning when I woke up. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think we're going to have bass tournaments starting in like a couple weeks. Yeah, man. I know. Oh, here, here we go. go. I, I, think, I think the conditions so, with the smelt and stuff is going to be advantageous, but I think we're going to be dealing with cold water, which might be holding fish up and it might make us have to fish a little differently. So here's like, I just literally pulled up the snowpack percentages, right, for the whole basin. And what's funny is that, and I don't know how this rates this, but believe it or not, like in Tillamook County, it's 623% of average oh. because they just had that snow. Yeah. They just had a big snow. Look at that. Yeah. Well, the difference, but everybody, everywhere else is right around, like the whole, like all of Oregon is either dead even or into the 110% uh, percentile. Washington, like North Washington, North Idaho, um, and I, they're all like in the eighty to one hundred percent. What about Canada? Because that's kind of going to be the driver. It doesn't have Canada, but you can see like kind of the upper basins there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like a normal year, man. And if it's a normal, one year, thing I think that's not normal is there's more lowland snow than we're used yeah. to. Like the hills where I'm fishing are white every day, yeah. hasn't melted out of the trees even, and normally you just don't see that. You know, the snow level stays a little bit higher. But with our cold temperatures, there's more lowland snow, so um, I'm hoping it melts. I like a little watercolor on the fisheries, you know, yeah. especially tributary fishing. I don't want it gin clear. No, no. No, but I would like to see the Columbia when we get out there trolling, you know, 43, 42, oh, sure. somewhere in that ballpark at least. Well, the good news is, guys, is because I've always said that if you have – I don't care if you have a half a million fish if of springers, which – doesn't happen, but if you had half a million springers, it doesn't really matter because if you have really bad conditions. But if you yeah. only had a hundred thousand fish and you had favorable conditions to troll them up, yeah, you could smash them because well, springers are stupid right. and they bite a I, lot of things. One yeah. thing I wanted to say, I had I was talking to an Oregon guy. I won't mention the name, but I'm hope I hope he listens to this. And he told me the other day. He thinks the water is going to be so cold that they won't bite bait, and I just laughed at what him. What are they going to bite? He said, "Oh, they're going to only bite plastic." I go, "Really." Hmm. It was uh, pretty funny, but I I 100% disagree with that. I'll challenge and my bait to. I will be running my my herring <laughs> every day, and so will you guys. <laughs> yeah, I got a yeah. couple cases myself. I, I think the the closer the Columbia matches the ocean water temperature, I think the better fishing we have. You know that gap yeah. gap range is closed. I agree. It's almost like a green light. Yeah. When you see that temp almost hit the ocean temp, it's yeah. here they come and they bite really good. Yeah. There was a tributary that Ryan and I were trolling a lot last year in May that was icy, icy cold compared to the Columbia and all the fish just sat outside that river mouth and got blasted yeah. <laughs> because they that, wouldn't that, move up. That's pretty in common fact, for that point, place. Right, and in fact to the point where the hatchery, if it wasn't for like a rain that kind of came in and spurred some up there they were kind of getting to the point where the if the hatchery wasn't going to start seeing fish they were going to cl close us down because they weren't going to get brewed because and we were smashing them yeah oh yeah so you can one of the so best years you've seen right so understanding like how cold water will kind of slow them, just like hot water won't like allow those fish to bust out of buoy 10 and head up the river kind of slow them up like it's the same situation now I do think that um, that fishery you're talking about I fished it for almost 20 years and I'm telling you until it hits 48. Those fish will swim around for two months if the temp They're doesn't come up. Hurry. They will not go in there. You might get a trickle a couple of days, you know, here and there. But when that temp hits 48 to 50 on that tributary, it is just, they just bum rush it. And there's nothing, all be gone. There's nothing left out in yep. front. When it gets muddy and stuff, you think, though, maybe the fish won't go into that mud. Like, 
BS, like that muddy, warmer water, they're gone. What do you, uh, when are you going to start? Uh, I'm going to start first on day, uh, you're gonna give it a shot. the 25th. You're starting on the 25th with, yeah. with clients. You yeah. going out beforehand? You doing, no, you doing I'm just head? going right into it, full boat, get out there and get it done. <laughs> I'm Riverside. I don't care. I mean, it is. What, it is. <laughs> if they're there, we'll get them. Okay, if they're there, you'll catch them. Yeah, I'm not no, worried know, about I, it at all. I know you will. What about you, Gaffney? When you start? Um, I'm gonna fish steelhead, and then I'm moving camp down on the 25th, and then I think the 26th I'm gonna start this myself. Sunday. Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. I got a bass for him on the 25th, so I'm gonna start on the 24th. <laughs> but I'm starting a little lower than you guys, so hopefully I'll let a few buy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Listen to this guy. We're going below you, but don't worry about Get it. Get out of my spot. I will be in your spot. We'll be below your spot. That's the only way I'm going to catch him before Ryan catches them all, you know? <laughs> I had a guy last year that told me to come to this place. I've never trolled it in my life. And within about three days, he goes, I don't know what's in your bait, dude, but ever since you showed up, I can't get bit. I said, I'm just taking my fish. I'm not taking yours. It's plastic. It's all plastic, right? That's right. That's you know how this doing. game is. A lot of it's mental and... Once a guy spins out, he just put it on the trailer. They just have big crocodile tears. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually saw that. I actually saw that last week one day, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it too. All right, moving, moving on. Trolling herring. I can tell you, remember last year, um, not last year, but a few years ago, what do you think about currents? Because I think we, we're going to have low, clear water conditions unless we get a big spike like where we see the t- – Air temperatures come up to in the mm-hmm. 60 range. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be crystal clear. I think we're going to have about five and a half feet of visibility and be low. Do you think uh, you, are you going to be playing with 360s at all early in the season? What do you, what do you That's always like the biggest. We're going to get asked it a thousand times now. Um, yes, but. That kind of dictates if I see a certain water temp, I'll, I'll definitely do it because the flows will be low enough that I can, I can just run downhill and, and feel confident about my program. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't buy yeah. the temperature thing on three sixties ever because the year of COVID, before they shut us down, because thank you Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife for shutting us down because it was so paramount that we did not go outside and do anything outdoor activities to help thwart the spread of COVID. Uh, but before that, uh, I was actually catching a few fish like up here on three sixties in thirty nine degree water. Oh, yeah. But it was clear. You know clear. me, Cameron. So I say clear I'm water. not a fan of triangle flashes whatsoever. I fish them for about two weeks well, of the whole year. Money, so. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't I don't know. I don't care for it. You know me, I'm a power troller. <laughs> I, uh, so Marlon just asked a question, guys. Speaking of triangles, JT's got some of these, like, you know, his chrome dip triangles, which, yeah, chrome baby. All you UV guys out there can just go pound sand. Just kidding. But it's all about the chrome. He doesn't make a UV dipped. No, it's Maybe all he about should. that candy back. But now he's making chrome candy chartreuse and pink triangle mm. flashers. Like they're like, I mean, they're, I like they're beautiful. Uh, I think the chartreuse, like. They definitely absolutely. look like fishermen yeah. catchers. Well, here's for the thing. sure, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to run out, you know, myself, I'm pretty confident in my program, but they look, they look awesome. You know, if it becomes where someone's just kicking my butt, well, of course I'm going to go out and get some, but so what, what about, what about some of those triangles and some of those three sixties that are half chrome, half chrome chartreuse where you see a lot of use on that kind of, that kind of stuff yeah. up 
upriver. Yeah, like Ryan, a, Ryan, a, Ryan for once in his life is speechless. A 50, I'll go to a 50, 50, uh, No, I was just thinking about <laughs> all the uh, addicted short bus flashers that I took all the half the tape off of them and wait till you see my new sick addicted flashers that will be spinning around whacking fish this year. Definitely nobody has them. Chartreuse candy, no. Chartreuse candy and chrome yeah. is definitely a thing. Yeah. I've seen it, and I know a few guys up upriver that just yeah. dominate on those. Last year, for me at least, you know, I, I have always been, you know, doing triangles and herring. Um, I was always, you know, a lot of fluorescence. But last year it seemed like it was a, lot, a ton of gold and chrome that got way more bites for me than years past you think it's just from the clear water i don't i i think it was the same clarity as the year before almost i i just think it was just partly the fish's attitude or the there was a lot more pressure in the areas we were fishing mm -hmm. compared to the last couple years before that so i think it was just a different look for the fish personally um it pays to be different yeah it does and you're asking 360s or triangles yes well i was gonna add i think the better question is gonna anchor fish or troll because last year yeah when we were fishing we kind of got pushed out of our troll routine because mm -hmm. of the anchor guys so it almost made some of us you know we were kind of had to so there's a I hate when that there's, there's a special place that never mind i'm not gonna say that for the anchor guys <laughs> but know? no i'm kidding they yeah. have the right to fish there but you know, even though if you're trolling, you don't own the river lanes, but I hear what you're saying because when those tides, you know, I, last year was one of those years where there was enough water where on big outgoing tides, it got too fast to troll. Yeah. But then it also backed, and the anchor but guys. But you put could the catch them, though, doing it if you were in the right lane. Right. Yeah. Well, those I think unless taken. a bunch of this <laughs> yeah. snow melt happens, you guys, we're going to be out in the deep, and we're gonna, those anchor guys aren't going to be doing as good as where we fish. And I think you're going to be able to get out a little bit farther in deeper water and, and whack and stack. Yeah. There's been years where we've where I think we've been seeing this setup when the water gets really clear and the currents back off where we were trolling 50 feet on the bottom. I love yeah. 50 feet. And yeah. I love, I love 50 a feet. People, not a lot of people do. Not a lot of people play that. But bottom line is like when we see, I, I feel like I think we're going to end up there, but also remembering. That when they're 50 feet on the bottom, that when the tide backs off, they are now suspending. And then that's when, like, the 360 stuff oh, started yeah. really yeah. doing good. So, I don't know. I am really, really optimistic. There's nothing in the long-term forecast. There's nothing in the snowpack. And there's nothing, like, condition-wise that's really scaring me, though. Like, I mean, I think we're going to I think we're going to be fine. I think it's going to be a year. really good season with the predictions and the numbers this year that we're seeing in tributaries already. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great season. I wish we would have got a little bit more time in April, you know, with the better predictions. I was hoping for at least, you know, through the 10th or at least give us that weekend, you know, mm -hmm. the 8th and the 9th. Yeah. I had it booked. I actually had to take the guys off the calendar. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that kind of sucks. I, I, I love – Springer fishing in the lower Columbia in April, and we just such a short window anymore, you know. Yeah. But what's crazy is even in that window next this year, they're predicting we catch almost twice as many fish. Yeah, if they're around, yeah. you catch. They better them. be right. No. Yeah, the forecast. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're always right on their forecast. Oh, yeah. So come on, listen. Well, yeah, they're anchovies only... or herring. Anchovies or herring. Um, I'm gonna come with it all. You know, I'm gonna be ready with anchovies, herring, different size herring. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm going to have quick fish in my boat. 
since you helped me mount my spot lock, I don't have to anchor anymore. Just spot lock and drop it. <laughs> spot and drop it. That should be like a spot lock. Spot, and, spot lock and spot drop lock it. And drop. <laughs> no, I need to have yeah. a wrap. What do you want to You got me. You began to you know, guy at all? Yeah. I mean, I got a little smaller boat than the other guys, so it's I can't always put six guests in my boat. But if I'm fishing six rods, I usually have two anchovies and four herring out. There. And out of those four herring. One or two of them are always dyed of some color, so I give like them a color. Chartreuse or blue, but no, no, I, you're not one of the pink guys. I'm not a pink. Playing that. No. Like, do, you, I, do you dye any of your herring red? Yeah, I like chartreuse and blue in the lower, but uh, and then the mixture of the two makes like a forest green, and sometimes that's a slayer yeah, too. Yeah. Um, pink herring, I've done really good uh tributaries and a little bit farther up river and i've seen it slay but it's something that i haven't had a lot of success in the lower columbia yeah we had pro cure on and they're all they all talked chartreuse and blue but no one talked about the pink hair no. that you know or orange you know, you know orange or red mm. there's all sorts of things but i don't know i i no, will get it in front of them right <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like those real those fresh springers coming in they just key in on chartreuse yeah. and blue it's just a great yeah yeah metallic presentation when you dye your baits and uh Pretty tough to beat. Nope. But there will be a mix of both baits in my boat because I've seen it where, like, first thing in the morning, especially last year, one of them, like, an anchovy first bite of the morning has seemed like for a week straight, the first bite always came out of anchovy. And then it was herring the rest of the day. Huh. For, for me, my boat, at least. But I, I'm definitely going to have both. Yeah. For me, I, I run a lot of times I run chovies and helmets on my bow rods because I want my I drag those heavier leads than my middle rods or my back rods and I'll put chovies and helmets so we're not blowing out our bait, we're not filling it full of yeah. sand and stuff. And those are the first rods they're gonna see, especially with clear water, like those rods should be getting most of your bites. And if they get past those then I got usually four herring out and that's kind of my cleanup crew. Yep. Last year it was my it was my back corner rod that got probably 75% of my bites. <laughs> one of those damn rods that you can't figure <laughs> out why. Like, you have a special oh, flasher yeah. on that one? Yeah, I, yeah. I'd switch the flasher around just that rod. Yeah, why always, there's there's always that one. Well, all I can say is I am looking forward to it. Steel season's been good, but it's just about time. But like you guys, I'm not going to start till the 24th. So yeah. Yeah. same thing. But I tell you what, guys. Hopefully we'll see you guys all out there. One last one last quick announcement, guys. March twelfth, spring drop. Lots of we will have, I think, some of these chartreuse flashers possibly in the drop as well. We've got some nice. other custom flashers for you guys. JT's always hooked us up, treated us right, and hopefully we'll be able to pass those on to you he guys. Be sure to check it out. And the limited edition, well not limited edition, but the limited amount of the landing nets. You guys have been wanting them. You guys have been asking them. You guys have been bugging the heck out of them because, well, we talked about them way too much and then didn't get them delivered. But now we got them. March 12th, 7 o'clock, spring drop. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Later. 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 Later.